Hi, everybody. Welcome to West Seattle Christian Church Online. If you are new, we are just stoked that you found us, and to everyone else, a warm welcome. My name is Worth, and today we are beginning a new teaching series on Sunday mornings that's all about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and that means following his words, his ways, and his works. Specifically, we are going to talk about a blisteringly short teaching Jesus gives about what it means to share your life in a meaningful way with others. This insight of Jesus, though, is usually taught as one big kind of spiritual TED talk about going out into the world and being kind of spicy for Jesus. And I think many people who have heard about anything regarding this specific passage kind of just put it in their mental card catalog. They kind of file it at the back and they go, yeah, yeah, that's good, but it doesn't really make a difference to me or others. Kind of not really. So. Today we're going to set the foundation though, kind of the ground rules if you will, and throughout this short lesson, lesson I'll give you some, some key points that illustrate more concretely what Jesus meant when he said this, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. So I welcome you to our series titled Salt and Light. But before we get too deep, let me remind you of a few special announcements. First. Our next in-person service will be in early May. Uh, we'll, we'll give you the date really soon. Uh, and it'll be at 10 a.m. in our worship center. We'll be following all the same guidelines and procedures that we had in place on Easter Sunday last week. So please hop online and pre-register today. That'll help us plan our setup accordingly. And once again, the service will be family style. Kid City will not be open. So we'll have stuff for you kiddos to do. Parents, never fear. Later on in May, on May 24th, we're going to be hosting a Zoom discussion that we think is really important. We'll be chatting about Latasha Morrison's book called Be the Bridge, which is all about racial reconciliation and healing within the church. And it's going to help us have a biblical framework as a church for restoration. And I want you to check out this clip from, from Latasha herself talking about how she ended up writing the book. I am Tasha Morrison. I am the founder of Be the Bridge. This story started when I was in the 11th grade. I always ran for leadership. And so when you ran for leadership, you had to take a class. And when we were going around giving ideas, I said, I want to do a Black History Week celebration. They looked like that was the stupidest idea ever. Like, why would you celebrate Black History? And I remember thinking, I didn't have the words then. I didn't know how to articulate what I felt. And I think that was a seed, a spark, to really want to know all of me and all of my story and all of the story of those that have gone before me. I was on staff at a church, and I was having a conversation with a lady. She was older than me. She started talking about her experiences through desegregation and some of the students that she encountered and some, some of the fear that she had. And I remember her saying, and what Lincoln did to the South, because people love their slaves. And I remember thinking, how could you put that in a sentence together? And at that point, there was just anger in me, but then there was just sorrow also in me. And then there was this pity in me, the fact that she thought that and that she would say that to me, an African-American. The only thing I could muster to say at that time to her was, when you love something, you set it free. 
They didn't have freedom. Their God-given freedom, they did not have. People do not give you dignity. God gives you dignity. And their dignity was stripped from them. They didn't have choice. That's not loving someone. And so this romanticized view of our history has been a lie. If we don't truly know each other, there's not gonna be any restoration. There's not gonna be any reconciliation. And so I wanted to see what could I do? How could I bring people together, specifically in the church, to have this conversation and really tell the story, the true story of the African-American experience? And then how do I extend that beyond being an African-American, but tell the other stories of other marginalized groups. I can't tell their stories, but I can invite them to the table also to tell their stories. Today we have over 600 groups, an online community, over 16,000, and lives are being changed. People are being reconciled to one another and understanding the true history of America. And truth is what makes us free. What we need is a collective conviction as a country. And that's what I want Be The Bridge to be for people, a way for us to move forward with collective conviction towards racial reconciliation. I am a leader. I am a bridge builder. I hope to see many of you sign up in the coming weeks and show up to the discussion, even if you aren't able to read the whole book. Uh, everything you need to jump in, including the is on the registration page. It's on our website. Just click the racial justice link on the main page of our website, and the first link you'll find on that page is for the discussion. So I will see you there. Okay, let's get back to it. So this last year has been hard. We've talked about that quite a bit lately, but there have been some amazing bright spots during this pandemic as well. There are there are lots of stories of celebrities helping others during the COVID in kind of super awesome, really extravagant ways that many of us couldn't pull off. Most of those involving money, in fact, like millions of dollars. One of my favorite examples is of the One World Benefit concert that Lady Gaga put together way back at the beginning. I really like when she performed that song, Smile. And what I enjoy even more though is when the news stations and media outlets publish stories of ordinary folks, not celebrities, helping others during, during COVID. So I'm thinking about like first responders and doctors and nurses and school teachers and all the selfless heroes on the front line of the pandemic. The best stories, in my opinion, are about kids. Kids just seem to get that helping others is what it's all about. You know what I mean? So what does this have to do with following Jesus' Jesus's teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20, a bit about salt and light? Well, I want to take a portion of this text and look at it for a second, just together with you. Starting in verse 13, this is from the message. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Well, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people 
to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. The first thing I think we often forget when reading this passage is that Jesus wasn't just speaking to thin air. He was talking to a group of people, a huge, huge crowd, in fact. Some translations of the Bible use the word multitudes. And he's not talking directly just to a small group of disciples. He's not talking to Roman officials or Pharisees or scribes who are kind of like the Ivy League guys and the politicians of the day, who he often talks to, but this time it's a huge crowd. He's talking to you and me. Everyday, regular people who are just living life. And, and I hope you don't take offense to this, but basically, he's talking to nobody special. But that's why the content of what he says is so extraordinary. Because he says to this crowd of regular, hardworking moms and dads and kids and business owners and industry workers, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And the nouns in these phrases matter, I think. He, he doesn't say... You're the, salt, you're the salt of your little village or town. You're the salt or the light of Washington State or whatever county you live in. He uses the words earth and the word world. And why is that significant? I think because Jesus asserts that ordinary, regular, common people who follow the words and the ways and the works of an extraordinary, incredible, and amazing God can be the catalysts and the disruptors who reshape the world. What he's doing is he's placing unparalleled value on them and on you and on me. Ordinary folk can change the world. The second thing that often happens when people hear about this passage or read about it is that they end up thinking they have to do something big and flashy and amazing in order to change the world, in order to be salt and light. Maybe you're thinking that right now. Hmm? I mean. That's what we do when we see celebrities in the news thinking that only they can do these things. Does this passage leave you with the feeling that you have to accomplish some act of greatness in order to feel uh, like you're fulfilling Jesus' teaching here? Well, the fact is Jesus says he's looking for followers who will stay connected to him and do simply ordinary small actions based on his life. A group of ordinary Jesus followers who are intentionally going around and repeatedly and sustainably just kind of sprinkling small acts of salt and sunshine that'll be utterly amazing in a dark and disintegrating neighborhood or in a city or even the world. I love this simple yet profound observation from the first century philosopher Pliny who says, nothing is as useful as salt and sunshine. What's he saying? He's, he's just basically saying that that these are the basic ingredients that are most needed. They're the most profound. They are the most essential. We don't need massive amounts of social platform influence. We don't all need to be YouTube stars. Jesus isn't saying that the only way we'll change the world is through outstanding, amazing, remarkable accomplishments. He's just talking about ordinary people doing simple, unambitious, yet completely vital actions that come from having a deep, and rooted communion with an amazing God. People who act like this are acting like the most essential ingredients that the world desperately needs. Maybe you've never thought of it this way, but it's usually helpful to look for the connections in the scriptures, especially what a particular section is connected to immediately before and immediately after it. And in this case, Jesus's instructions about salt and light they come immediately after what is probably the most famous section of his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and if that's new to you, you can read it in Matthew's, Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7. Have you ever thought that the bit about salt and light has everything to do with exhibiting, putting on display, 
the characteristics Jesus had just finished talking about in the, in the previous verses, verses 3 through 12 in Matthew chapter 5. Maybe the salt and light part just, is just coming at it from a different angle, kind of like summing it up a little bit. Just take a quick look, starting in verse 3, and maybe you'll see what I mean. When you are broken down and poor in spirit, when that happens to me, I want to seek after Jesus. And when I talk of him to others and how he has rescued me in those moments, that's being salt and light. Yeah? When you mourn with others, isn't that salt and light? Setting your pride and your ego aside and showing humility to others. Isn't that salt and light? If I forgive someone or an enemy or show mercy to someone, isn't that salt and light? When someone makes you the object of their scorn or belittles you or basically, I mean, basically they're just being a hater, whether in word or in deed. When you act in peace and you don't retaliate, isn't that salt and light? If you truly are persecuted, and let's face it, most of us are not. That's never been the case for most of us, if we're being honest. If you choose to exhibit joy, even in the difficult times, isn't that salt and light? This is what Jesus is talking about, and it's what the world desperately needs right now and all of the time. A good shake of salty, flavoredness seasoning so that humanity can taste God's goodness. Light bearers who keep open houses with a warm, soft glow through the window that can be seen for miles, with generosity spilling forth upon all those who want to step into the light. This is the ordinariness that Jesus is calling the crowds to live out. Extravagant love given to everyday people who in turn will share it with others. And the question is, are you in? Where are you at with all this? Will you, will you share your defeats and triumphs with others and tell them how God has been in your life in those moments? Will you forgive? Will you show mercy? Will you set pride aside and exhibit humility? Will you cast revenge aside? Will you sit with the lonely? Will you choose joy and make it known even in the hard times? Will you embrace this ordinary life that Jesus thinks the world of? That's the challenge and that's the invitation. And he thinks it can change the world. Do you? Until next time, I'm Worth Wheeler for West Seattle Christian Church. Grace and peace to all of you.